you got to be doubt. Doubt kept me complacent for 12 years and a life that, you know, I called existing. But it was just a life of regret. And honestly, it took the death of my father in April of 2012 to wake me up to the fact that if I don't beat doubt, I'm not going to go anywhere in life and I'm going to die the same way he did. So that's my encouragement to you. Don't live a life of regret. Don't live a life of complacency. Don't let doubt win. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley, and today we have someone new to the show. I'm just kidding. It's Kamanzi Constable from KamanziConstable.com. Welcome back, Kamanzi. I am also an American, and I am a huge Taylor Swift fan, but you guys already know all this. Actually, for someone who's just tuning in, you're right. They are going to know that. (laughs) Everyone knows that about you, Kamanzi. You never hide those things. And so the new Taylor Swift album is just blowing it up. You bought it. What do you think? I bought it with um, Jared was nice enough to send me a little gift card. And so that's what I bought it with. So he contributed to it. And at first, I wasn't too sure. I told Jared, I'm like, dude, I'm not sure about this. But after I gave it a few listens, I could start to see the genius in it. I took my daughter to the movies yesterday. We we're going to see Big Hero 6, the new Disney movie. And it's from the makers of Frozen, blah, blah, blah. And my daughter wanted a snack, so we're in line at the uh, movies. You know how nice and affordable and inexpensive the snacks are at movie theaters. <laughs> and vegetarian friendly, right? Right. So I notice on the beverage, you know, where they pour the sodas, on the back of that, they had an ad for Taylor Swift. And it made me think of you. And I started reading it as I got closer in line. And it said, if you purchase a medium diet Coke, you could enter for a chance to win a VIP concert experience with Taylor Swift, and then you get to meet her after the show. And I thought, wouldn't that be my luck to purchase this Diet Coke, win this opportunity, and have Taylor Swift on Star of the Doubts? Oh, to have her on Star of the Doubts, well, here's a better question. If you won, <laughs> if you, if you won, would you take your daughter to that, or would you take me to that? Well... You know, come on, so you live in Maui, so I don't know how convenient it would be for uh, you to There's going to be a lot of bribes going on there. We, we don't negotiate that. I may be wrong on this, but it seems like the concert was in London. I, I don't think. care. We would go. Interesting. So you would make a way to go to the UK to hear Taylor Swift for a VIP concert experience. See, this is what I would do. As some <laughs> of the listeners probably know Or maybe you don't. I don't want to be like, assume everybody knows who I am because you probably don't. But one thing that I do a lot is I speak. So this is what I would do, Jared. I would look for some kind of company or some kind of conference there in London. I would hook it up so that you and I would go there and speak. They would pay for it. Boom. All our expenses are covered. Okay. Well, you can't say that and then not explain that process to the listeners. (laughs) Okay, so for someone who's saying, hey, I want to go do this, how can they potentially create a paid opportunity to offset something else that they want to do? So there's a few ways. I'm going to tell you two of the profitable ways in speaking. Profitable speaking is not about speaking at big events that we all know and hear about, Like, and I'm definitely not taking a shot at an event, but events like New Media Expo. Like those events, and Jared could correct me if I'm wrong, but typically to the just the average speaker, they don't pay them to speak, right? This is true. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've actually spoken at New Media Expo, and that was an awesome opportunity, but I did not get okay. paid to do that. And those events would have people speaking there for free regardless. But the events that do pay to speak are industry associations. So it could be healthcare, it could be lawyers, it could be auto, any industry that you could think about. 
they have a conference. And if you go to kamanziconstable.com, depending on when you're listening to this, I have a whole series on my blog that lays this all out. But industry associations all have conferences. So it could be a healthcare conference. And healthcare workers, when they come together, they don't want to hear about healthcare (laughs) because that's what they do all day long. They want to hear about new and other interesting stuff. So when I started speaking in 2012, I lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which was right next door to one of the biggest speaking markets, which was Chicago. So I would drive to Chicago and I would speak at all these industry associations. So I would go to a healthcare industry association conference and I would speak about social media. Social media was just starting to become really popular in 2012. Everybody was starting to become a social media expert then. So I put my name in the hat too. I was a social media expert. So I went and I spoke at all these industry associations about social media. If I were going to do it today, like in London, I would say I would come and speak about how to start an online business. That's something that I have experience with. It's something that I know a lot about. Boom, let's go. So I would look for an industry association in London, see if what kind of meetings are there. And there's a lot of places you can do this. But I would look for an industry association. I would pitch my topic and I would get me and Jared on there. I'd say, hey, Jared's my co-presenter. This is what it's going to cost to get us there. And then I would leverage everywhere else I've spoken before. I'd say, look, this is where else I've spoken. So that's the first one. Wow. Okay. So an industry association, how would somebody even know how to look that up? You can Google it. I guess the simplest thing to do is to Google the terms that you're looking for. So call for speakers, healthcare, London, 2014. Just like put a combination of words in there that are all relevant to what you're trying to do and Google will get you close. There's uh, websites like it's, there's one called, it's L-A-N-R-Y-D.com. And Lanyard? Yeah, Lanyard. There you go. And that has... (laughs) I'm not 100% sure that's the exact spelling. It's going to get you close. And you know what? While I'm talking, I'll just look this up. We have technology, right? What's wrong with me? But that website has almost every event that you could think of in the world. And yeah, it's, it's Lanyard. That's it. Every industry event. Every industry. The ones that actually pays. Yep. Now it, that well, is very interesting. It has. It goes beyond that. I mean, like if you look at their website right now, it's probably showing for this year, it's probably showing, I don't know, like 5,000 events, and you can pick by topic. Okay, so, so you just submit to speak. You fill out some submission process. Like, Walk me through that. Yeah, a lot of those call for speakers do have the standard, here's the Google Doc form, fill this out. So that's one way to do it. If your presentation is compelling enough, they'll pull you out of there. But I always try to, and Jared knows this, I always try to look for a person that I can talk to. So I look for the organizer and I try to get their email and talk to them directly because that's going to give you your best bet just to cut through the whole crowd and everybody else. And it's not hard in our day and age to find those email addresses for the organizers of these events. And so I would just simply send my pitch directly to the organizer, say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to talk about. This is my experience. And this is what your audience is going to get from my talk. Interesting. And okay, so when you were going to Chicago, when you're living in Milwaukee, you're driving to Chicago to do these speaking opportunities. What kind of money were you getting paid to do that? Well, I didn't know anything about negotiating back then. So I would 
say the lowest that I got was 50 bucks. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be honest here. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> All right. You're making it yeah. sound like, Hey, right. 50 bucks, man. Let's go hear Taylor Swift. You know, I'll 50 bucks. Yeah. It paid for the gas yeah. there and back. And then it paid for a trip to the Sears top of Sears tower. But then the highest that I got was, <laughs> All right, I'm just being enough. honest with Jared. I have, to. I think just about, you know, a hundred people hit stop on this. Yeah, podcast. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Here for you that are sticking around. The highest event yeah. that I got was for a, a lawyer's association where I talked about social media. I got 3,500 bucks. There you go. All right. Now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And to go to so, Chicago, come on. I just drove there. Yeah, no doubt. But okay. here's the kicker. I spoke at an event in New York, and this was second or third event I ever did, and I did a good job there. There was an organizer in that event from a conference in Sydney, Australia, and she asked me, would you be willing to come to Sydney? And I didn't even have a passport then, Jared. Like, I didn't even have a passport. And this event was like four months away. And I'm like, well, are you going to pay me? <laughs> she's like, yeah. She's like, we don't have a very big budget, but we're willing to pay you 7000 US. I said, oh, well... Sorry. I guess if that's all you can do, I can work with that. I can, <laughs> I can lower my standards. <laughs> but help you. I got my passport fast tracked and paid like three hundred bucks for that. But I was speaking in Sydney, dude. And since I did that, then I started looking strictly. I didn't look in the U.S. anymore. I'm like, you know, what? I've seen the U.S. Let me go to other countries. So like last year, Jared knows that I went to London, Paris, and Kenya for a three week speaking tour. That was all at companies. That wasn't at events. Those were all training at companies. Wow. All right. So, come on, that right there is worth the price of admission for this podcast. So, I appreciate yeah. you. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Did you go to Australia? You actually spoke at Australia? Yeah, I spoke at Sydney. I spoke at the University of Sydney. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Australia's so, so, expensive, by the way. So, I probably should ask for more than 7000 Well, my first thought is, okay, Kamanzi, that's good for you. You did that, but... You're Kamanzi Constable, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, Jared Easley. I'm not on your level. Okay. You know, there's people who are thinking that. This show starved the Dallas. They should be listening to this show. So, yeah, how does that happen, Kamanzi? Come on. Like, uh, you know, you're just Googling industry. I don't understand. You got to help me. Yeah. So it starts with just crazy, dumb courage. I don't know what you want to call it, but I've never been one to believe that something is out of your reach. You know, the listeners, they might not know this, but Jared and I are co-writing a book and we're going to make that book a New York Times bestselling book. Like whenever I've talked to Jared, I had no doubt in my mind that's going to happen. And Jared believes. But, you know, for you speakers and you're like, oh, I don't have the experience. I don't have the blah, blah, blah. First, it starts with believing in yourself, because if you don't believe it yourself, the way you're going to come off is going to be very insecure and not confident. And that's going to repel an organizer. You want to be confident. You don't want to be cocky. But you do want them to know, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to be good for your event. But then I would tell you to start local where you are. Always start local. You got to start somewhere. And where you are, there's all kinds of industry associations, meetings, in whatever city, town, wherever you live, I guarantee there's industry association meetings. So look around where you live and look for those associations and then send in some proposals. And where you live is cool. Because when I did the events in Milwaukee, I would take organizers out for coffee, say, hey, let's go grab Starbucks. I want to tell you about my presentation or let's go grab lunch or dinner. And people usually won't turn down a free meal or something like that unless they think you're a stalker or something. So don't come off as a stalker. But where you live, <laughs> that's always good. That's I, usually a good rule of thumb. Yeah, we, we're, 
Yeah, that might be the quote of the show right there. <laughs> Where you live, there is opportunities and there's things going on. There's probably people you know that know things where you're going on. But start local where you live. Look around. See what kind of events. Look at your local paper. Just have your eyes open and use the internet for research. And use that use lanyard like I told you about. They'll even have stuff where you live. But figure out something local. Get your feet wet. Go speak at a local event. Don't break the bank. Just get enough money. And then from there, that's what you can use to leverage then to maybe go to another state and then eventually another country. Now, the second profitable area of speaking is probably the one I should have told you before we said all this, and that is consulting at companies. Again, if you go to KamanziConstable.com, you can get all this information for free. But consulting at companies is like such a profitable area that I don't understand why more people don't do. Companies paid consultants $39.3 billion last year. So they pay the money. And you can consult on anything you want. Jared, I have coaching clients that consult on mindset coaching for employees. They consult on copywriting. One does podcasts, teaches company how to go in and do podcasts. I have a coaching client that does that. So I'm sure that probably parked your ears in quite a few other ears. But he just goes from company to company. And he goes to companies 360 days a year. That's insane to me that much. But still, he's got that much work. So you're wondering, how do you approach companies? (laughs) Again, you're going to start local, start where you live. And I would look for the small to medium companies where you live. But look around you. You probably know somebody who's a manager, an owner or something, or know somebody that knows a manager or owner at a company. Figure out a problem in that company, and it's probably going to be a problem related to what you teach. So, you know, for me, it's always going to be like social media, online business, publishing, all that good stuff. For you, I don't know. It could be podcasting. It could be copywriting. It could be whatever it is. But figure out an opportunity there in that company that you can pitch them about. And they want to know if they're going to spend money with you that they're going to get their money's worth. That I mean, that's the bottom line. So if you start local, you identify a company. If you know of a problem, then you know how to pitch them. When I got here to Maui, Jared, before I even set foot on the ground, a company had reached out to me because they had a a horrible online presence. And so before I could even hit the ground, they wanted a meeting with me about building their online presence. And Jared knows this because I was on the bat phone with him and Gene, and we were talking about all this. (laughs) They wanted help build their online presence. They asked how much it would cost. My lawyer, not me because Kamanzi is not this smart, but my lawyer negotiated a deal with them where for every percentage point I grew their online presence, they would pay me $1,000. So, and that's been, you know, a pretty lucrative contract. And it's like, again, it's not because Kamanzi knows anything. It's all about the lawyers. They know what to do. But they had a problem. Their online presence was terrible. The company where you live, it could be a restaurant, a restaurant that their business is down or a restaurant that they're missing out on the opportunity for anything online. A lot of restaurants, they don't do online well at all. They have a horrible social media presence. With Facebook ads, I'm going to give you one that your listeners can use. So I know there's a lot of people that are good that do social media that listen to this podcast. I see you guys all the time. Go to a restaurant where you live. Look at their social media presence. I'm guessing nine times out of 10, it's going to be horrible. Tell them that you want to consult with them on how to build their presence, but build it through ads. Teach them how to use Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn ads where they can run contests and different things to get more people in the restaurant because those things work. If they just use a few ads and gave away free food, they'd be getting all kinds of people that wanted to come in there. 
So that's one. You can go to your local restaurant where you live. Use that one. And I guarantee you people that are listening to this, if you try it, you will get a consulting contract from a restaurant. But the point being, identify some companies where you are, see what problem you can solve, and simply pitch that to a owner, a manager, somebody who's a decision maker. Don't send them a cold email. Cold emails, they work sometimes, but it's better to talk to somebody. Jared, I'm sure would agree with that. But meet up and talk with somebody. Just present it to them. Here's the problem that you guys are facing. And when I say present it to them, don't tell them, hey, your social media presence sucks. If you're going to tell them your social media presence suck, back it up with data. Don't give them your opinion. Give them numbers. Say, right now you have you know so many so followers and you're only growing at 1% and this is why. Back up what you're saying with data. That's what's going to convince them. It's going to require you to do some research. This isn't going to be easy. But back up what you're saying. Show them how you can help them with that problem and then tell them how much that's going to cost. Okay, so Kamazi, for the person right now who's thinking, man, that's great. This is awesome. Wait a minute. How am I going to figure out what problem I can solve? How does someone go about doing that? I would say to start with what you are passionate about, what you teach, what your topic is, start there. Or if it's not that, maybe it's like an offshoot of that. So like maybe if you're a leadership guy, Jared and I just interviewed Richard Rison, who is like a, a leadership expert. You know, he could go in and pitch leadership to companies, or he could go in and pitch a topic that is maybe a little bit more vertical, maybe a motivation for employees or, or something like that that's vertical to leadership. But I'm going to say it usually starts with your topic. But if it's not your topic, if it's a vertical topic, something close, maybe it just might be an outright problem that you see at that company. And there are outright problems. And I do apologize for the Maui dogs here. Jared lived in Hawaii, so he knows about the dogs here. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, living in Maui is a rough life. It is a rough life. I think now more people have hit stop on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, hey, if you're we ever, didn't promise good jokes. If you're ever in Maui, stop by my house. I'll show you the dogs. We'll hang out with them. <laughs> uh, I live. Well, after we try to pitch you to solve the problem, hey, come on, I can consult with you on how to fix this dog problem. Right. There are oh, data Jared, on how to do that. You just did it. Seriously, you just did it. <laughs> you just did it. That's how you identified a problem. You just. If you're listening to this, Jared just, I mean, it's, you know, we're joking a little bit, but he seriously just did it. He identified a problem. And I'm thinking in my mind, hmm, Jared could help me with the dog problem. I'd be willing to pay for that. Yeah. There you go. So and you give him dog food. <laughs> well, don't give it away. Now I don't want to pay you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, all right. But Rookie where, where you, wherever you are, there is a company, they have a problem. You can fix that problem. If you don't know what that problem is, like seriously, you have no clue where to start, go with social media. That's like a no-brainer in our day and age. Every company wants to know how to use social media better. So go for social media. Pick an area that you're good at. If you're a Pinterest person, tell them you guys need Pinterest and do that. But get some information, do some research, find the problem. I am a uh, LO expert. Come there on. you go. <laughs> hey, you know what? You can be on the ground floor of that. <laughs> they're not even on the ground floor they're still in the basement yeah. but it's all good hey uh so Kamanzi, there's a reason why we're doing this episode it's not just to talk about speaking and consulting which is uh, fantastic and i appreciate you talking about that 
There's some great takeaways already, but you and I have actually uh, had several episodes recently where you've been guest co-host, and uh, there's some people probably wondering, yeah, that's interesting. You know, Kamazi's on the show more often. Well, there's a reason that that's happening, and I guess we'll go ahead and make that announcement. So I've asked you, Kamazi, to be a guest co-host, a permanent guest co-host on Starve the Doubts. So you're hearing it here. This is what's happening is Kamazi has graciously agreed in his busy schedule and all the things he has going on. He is going to be the co-host for Starve the Doubt. So Kamazi, why? I guess that's the first question people might have is, you know, hopefully they're excited and they're uh, happy about that. But then why would you be a co-host of Starve the Doubts? Well, obviously, it's the money that you gave me. Duh. <laughs> no, I, I no. bribed you with uh, with fake concerts for uh, Taylor Swift in London. No, I want. So. I've always wanted to do a podcast, but I don't know. When I start thinking about podcasting and all the ins and outs of all the things that you know, Jared, like you know, that's just not my strong suit. So, and I've always listened to Starve the Doubts. You know, I've listened to. I'm not going to say all of them, but I've listened to a good portion of them. And it's a good show. You've had a great, I love the mix of guests. You've had everybody from the big names, which, you know, we enjoy learning from all the way to the, probably the people that I've never heard of. And people listen to this probably have never heard of me. So it's a good, good mix of everything in between. I like some of the ideas that you have you going forward here. You've got some incredible ideas to kind of mix it up and make it fresh. One of those we recorded today, which was great. So I like that. And honestly, I believe in the impact that Starve the Doubts is going to have on people's lives. And Jared and I have talked about this in depth. But the bottom line is there's things that you can do in life and online businesses you could have and websites and blogs and blah, blah, blah that you could have that might generate income, they might generate interest and this and that. And that's great. But there's also things that have an impact in people's lives. And when you make an impact, That continues on far beyond Jared and I. It continues on maybe even far beyond Starve the Doubts. And doubt is something that we all struggle with, all of us, no matter where we are in our life. The biggest successful people down to the person starting out, everybody struggles with doubt. So when you create, when you've created this that helps address that, that's going to make an impact on people's lives that's going to go far beyond, you know, anything that Jared and I do. It's going to continue, continue, continue to change people's lives in a better way. So I, I firmly believe doubt is something that it has to be beaten. And if this podcast is part of that way to beat doubt, I definitely am all on board for it. Come on, Z, I appreciate that. And it is a pleasure to have you as the new co-host of the show. We are going to try some things that are different. And yeah, just some of the opportunities that you've been blessed with this last year especially with writing for some of these big magazines and stuff. It's just been amazing to see the victories that you've had. And it's just a huge encouragement to me as you know someone that looks up to you, but also as someone who's your friend to have you join this podcast and continue to you know hopefully have conversations that are meaningful and have an impact in people's lives. So I appreciate you being willing to do that. Yeah, I appreciate you asking me. I was surprised. I was shocked. I was scared and then excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's about the summary of a any taylor swift album <laughs> and just for those listening there's not going to be a lot of taylor swift going <laughs> forward don't worry we're not although i did tell jared for this episode we need to do one of her songs but i guess there's some licensing stuff there see i didn't even know that about podcast 
Uh, well, the, uh, you know, forgiveness is easier to get than permission, I think. So I don't know. We, we, uh, I will let the uh, listeners stick around for the end of the episode to see if that's true. But anyway, that, that's it. Hey, Kamandi, really, I thank you. And um, yeah, looking forward to more episodes and more things. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Yeah, you got to be doubt. Doubt kept me complacent for 12 years and a life that, you know, I called existing. But it was just a life of regret. And honestly, it took the death of my father in April of 2012 to wake me up to the fact that if I don't beat doubt, I'm not going to go anywhere in life and I'm going to die the same way he did. So that's my encouragement to you. Don't live a life of regret. Don't live a life of complacency. Don't let doubt win. It's not going to be something that you beat overnight. I understand that. But you need to understand that you can manage it and you can beat it and you can be a huge, tremendous success. You can speak at these companies. You can write for large websites. You can have a top-rated podcast. You can do all of those things. It just starts with addressing and then beating your doubt. And I want to help you any way that I can. And that's why I'm excited to be here. Well, Kamadi, again, uh, thank you so much. And yeah, man, (laughs) great things to come. Congratulations again on all the success. And you you mentioned the new book. And if somebody's not reading uh, KamadiConstable.com, they need to be uh, over there and checking that out and opting into your newsletter, which is fantastic. So, But again, Kamadi, thank you. And yeah, we've got some more episodes coming soon. Mahalo. Mahalo, Kamadi. I would take organizers out for coffee, say, hey, let's go grab Starbucks. I want to tell you about my presentation or let's go grab lunch or dinner. And people usually won't turn down a free meal or something like that unless they think you're a stalker or something. So don't come off as a stalker.